All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us again on the PCICS podcast, the official podcast of the Pediatric Cardiac Intensive Care Society. Before we start, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Please visit our website, pcics.org, where you can find more information about how to become a member and enjoy updated info on educational resources, meetings, job listings, and much more. My name is David Warho, and I'm at Rady Children's Hospital, and I'm also a member of the PCICS Connections Committee. Today, I have the opportunity to interview Louise Callow from the University of Michigan and Lindsay Justice from Cincinnati Children's Hospital. They led the APP course this year, and they've been absolutely instrumental in the development of this product for PCICS. So thank you guys for joining me. We're happy to be You're here. Welcome. So tell me a little bit about how this idea came to be creating this APP curriculum in the first place. So when PCICS first organized into the different committees, um, Louise and I were both given the opportunity to participate on the education committee. When the group first met to discuss education initiatives that we thought were important, one of the things that came up is that we, as practicing APPs, felt like the education provided to APPs in school is more of a generalist education. The education required to practice in the pediatric cardiac ICU is much more than that. And we really felt like a lot of the education necessary to do our role in the pediatric cardiac ICU is what was required to be learned on the job. And receiving the education that was necessary was very dependent on the orientation that was available from institution to institution. And so APPs received varying levels of education. Um, Because of that, there are varying roles that APPs fill um, depending on their institution. So we really wanted to try to standardize the education and elevate the roles to the highest level. So we identified gaps by doing a survey. So the first thing that we did was identify institutions that had pediatric cardiac programs. And then from there, we identified programs that had APPs that practiced in pediatric critical care. And then we sent surveys to people we could identify. And their response further highlighted that gap between education and practice, lack of orientation, lack of consistency in orientations, lack in consistency of ability to practice to the full extent of their license. And it also identified again that it was a generalist education, so people felt very uncomfortable assuming the full complexity of care and a full patient workload. So from there, Lindsay and I got together and identified a list of topics and didactic content and identified a group to help us put together what what initially started out as a curriculum, more based on didactic lecturing. And as it developed further and further and further addressed the gaps between practice and education, it developed not just into a book of didactic case-based information sharing that was heavily peer-reviewed into a real-life curriculum that involved not uh, the book as well as didactic courses as well as simulation-based learning as well as an item-based test to just be able to measure the ability of people to critically think and assess their own competencies 
in handling this information. So to date, we have had several very, very successful programs, all of which have been sold out. And they are either didactic lecture content, they are a combination of didactic and simulation, or they are simulation-based only content. The item test is completed. In addition, and all of these courses have received, are under the umbrella of CEU credit from NAPNAP. So there was an application that was filled out and they accepted. So we can offer CEU credits as well as pharmacology CEU credits for attendance at these courses. Can you talk a little bit about how the course over time has changed and evolved? You mentioned that you've added more mm -hmm. simulation and those types of pieces and sort of broadened the scope of the course. Can you talk about sort of how feedback has driven that or how you came to continue developing mm -hmm. that? Sure. Our first course happened at Children's National in Washington, D.C., right before our 2017 PCICS meeting. And that was our pilot course. We expected a lot of learning to come from it. And um, each course, um, including that one, we finish it up with an evaluation tool and with a little discussion with the participants on things that they like and things that, it, that they don't. Um, and so we've learned and grown. Um, Along the way, we have um, changed up some of the lectures to incorporate more cases. And then in some of them, we have pulled the cases out into separate breakout sessions because we found that, as with any pediatric CICU person, no one really likes to sit in a room for hours and hours and hours and be lectured to. And so as much as we could break it up and give them the opportunity to move and interact, was really what was desired by the learners. We also found that the more we did small breakout sessions, we were able to get increased participation and people felt more comfortable asking questions that they might not have asked in the larger group. And you could really tease out actual knowledge in those smaller breakout sessions because everyone was pretty committed to participating. And so that's um, the start of the simulation component. We felt like everyone receives knowledge and then needs to be able to practice it. And you can certainly practice things in low fidelity unfolding case scenarios, which is where we started, but how much greater would it be if we could incorporate simulation? Now, the challenge with that is finding centers to host us that have available simulation equipment and all of the logistics and planning and supplies that go along with that. But we um, have been able to develop a subgroup of our APP curriculum committee. It's led by Amy Flores from Cincinnati Children's, and um, she has been working with um, several other APPs around the country, Misty Ellis and Michelle Toussaint and Aaron Dugan. And then she's partnered with several physicians who have expertise in simulation, such as Mary McBride and Lillian Sue, Aaron Calhoun, and uh, Catherine Allen. So that group has partnered together to develop um, 10 simulation scenarios. And then Amy has been instrumental in developing these simulation facilitator checklists. 
and ensuring that all of the people who go to these courses and facilitate SIMS have received adequate facilitator training so that at the completion of the SIMS, we debrief uh, participants in a somewhat standardized fashion. Um, and we have had rave reviews really from the simulations. It's uh, been very well received. Can you talk a little bit about sort of the most recent few courses and what people have been saying to you about their experience and what they've learned and how they've applied it to their own practice? The feedback on the evaluations has been extremely positive. We review those very carefully in detail every time and um, people say that it has um, enhanced their knowledge and that it um, has um, improved their understanding of complex topics that they didn't previously have a great understanding of, such as um, electrophysiology and um, reviewing echo images and those types of things. One of the things that I don't think, at least I didn't anticipate being such a strong finding from the group um, that has really come to fruition is they really love the opportunity to network amongst one another. And these small groups have provided them with the opportunity to get to know APPs around the country, see how APPs are practicing in different areas, learn from one another, learn about improvement work that's going on in other places. Um, and I think that they really feel like more of a community after attending courses like this. And they have identified further resources and it has also helped bring them into the PIXIS community and help them participate in other interest groups or other pieces of it. So they have also over and over have recommended that any new people coming into their particular program should attend this course. It's, you know, we have an orientee, we just hired somebody, we're gonna send them to the next course. So once somebody comes, then it just begets that everyone throughout their program comes because of the, the knowledge that was shared in both the simulation and didactic content. And so what is your sort of vision for the future of the APP course? So we plan to continue hosting these courses. They've been so popular and like Louise mentioned, have been selling out and we have a lot of interest um, around the country, sites requesting us to come there and do additional courses. And then um, in addition, we will be rolling out the exam like Louise talked about. Um, and so that will be an important offering that um, we hope people will take advantage of the opportunity to take it and see what knowledge they have and um, it's something that they can you know put on their CV to say I completed this and um, and I received a passing score so that'll be exciting um, and a nice endorsement of the program but it's also an endorsement of the individual APPs and I think it'll be really beneficial to them and then we have been given the amazing opportunity to partner with Children's HeartLink. Um, they are interested in using this curriculum to advance nursing practice and really develop advanced practice roles internationally. And they don't, their sites don't have 
nurse practitioner programs, you know, in the sense that we have here in the U.S., but what they do have is nurses who are um, fantastic at the bedside and have been in practice for five years or so, and they provide them with some internal training, such as the curriculum that we are offering, and then they develop a role for them to practice in an advanced practice role. And hopefully then that'll just spur off more international for low and middle income countries, which is what Children's HeartLink does. But it's also possible there was feedback even at this particular didactic session that we just taught about going to South America, interest from Colombia to go to their institution. So we we are going to continue to expand in the United States and continue to offer these courses in the United States and or if an institution would like us to come for their particular purposes, we would not turn that down. But we also are going to expand into the international forays. Really amazing to see something that came up as this idea just grow and blossom and be mm. so successful, but also now branching out across the globe. That's fantastic. Mm. It's been an amazing experience, and we have learned a lot a along lot. the way. And we, uh, it's been very rewarding to see where it has gone and to think about where it is Could going go. to go. Um, but certainly this is not just uh, Louise Callow and Lindsay Justice. This work takes an entire village and we are indebted to the efforts of all the contributors for the book and all of the editors and reviewers. Um, to our subcommittee members who have worked tirelessly to develop, to develop the lectures and to attend the courses and to do a lot of the planning with us. Um, Sandy Sevesky has been question. instrumental in helping us um, from a PCICS leadership standpoint, um, and Ruggles has helped with a lot of the planning. So um, we've received a lot of uh, important work from a lot of people. A lot of mentoring, a lot of guidance, a lot of support, but it has been a tireless effort and every single committee member has stayed engaged throughout the entire process. So it, it really has been just absolutely fascinating growth of this program in directions that we continuously remind ourselves as a group that we never thought, ever would have thought would happen. So. What's the most important thing you learned throughout this process? I think one of the things that I learned is that, and it sounds cliche, but it's true because it's happened with this program, is that if you can imagine it, you can make it happen with um, the right group of people and the support of a great society like PCICS. And... I think the other lesson is I uh, joke that I've earned a partial business degree along the way that I didn't know I was going to receive, but uh, I'm thankful for all of the people that have coached us in the business and legal and logistics side of things. I would second all of that with Lindsay because of all the LOAs and things that I had never been exposed to before. And it's also been very interesting in terms of like really delving into nursing education and preparation for the APP role and identifying gaps that we knew by experience and by gestalt existed, 
But as we delved into this, we found more and more and more, and not just with us, but other people were, were identifying the same gaps. And then to be able to share with in, you know, our colleagues throughout the country, also in interest in developing this. So it's been, it, you know, learning and sharing and listening and hearing what other people have to say and receiving feedback that sometimes you don't want to hear but that you do want to hear. And it's just overall been a, a tremendous growth experience, professionally, personally. And before we go, can you tell the listeners if they want to find out more or register for an upcoming course, how can they do that? Stay tuned on the website and social media. The course registration is always available at PCICS.org and an email blast comes out through PCICS when that registration becomes available and then that gets posted on um, the PCICS social media. They can also always reach out to Louise and I um, via email um, if they have any questions about upcoming courses or um, any um, interest in participating in future uh, endeavors with this curriculum. And the book is always available for purchase also on PCICS.org. The newsletter also has a little blurb every, every time you put out the newsletter that would include any new or different information and that would also include any upcoming courses. And then in addition to obviously staying informed about the course, is there any other benefit that PCICS members get as far as um, registering for the course? Do you have to be a member to take the course or is there a discount? don't require membership to take the course, although we highly encourage it, but you do get a discount for registration if you're a member. And early registration. So if you if you're able to, you know, keep up on the website and you can identify a course you want to go to and you want to pay attention, you'll get there's an early registration then a regular registration fee. All right. Well thank you so much again for joining me. We enjoyed having you on our podcast and talking about the curriculum. To all our listeners, thank you for listening to the PCICS podcast. Please don't forget to look for other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or subscribe to get all the latest episodes as they're released. Once again, find out more at our website, pcics.org. The song I Don't Know by Grapes was used under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license.